Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Teacher Cast. Um so today uh, today's episode I'm joined by the lovely Sarah again from Instagram from Happy Students Happy Teachers. So Sarah, if you'd like to introduce yourself. Thanks so much and I just want to say I'm so so delighted to be part of this. You're an absolute hero to be able to keep this going and subbing and college and everything you're a star I don't know how you're doing it because I can barely just go to school at the minute yeah Um, so my name is Sarah and I run the page happy students happy teacher Mm -hmm. um I set it up in lockdown the first lockdown okay um encouraged by a lovely friend um who's also an insta teacher um I'm working in a mainstream senior school Okay. Um, and I've been working 13 years and I'm really lucky to be in the same school since I qualified in 2008. You don't look like you've been um, working for 13 years. I'm like, it's, it's such a good school. Like I actually don't ever want to leave it. So fingers crossed I don't have to. <laughs> yeah. Um, I recently got an AP2 position in my school as well, which is awesome. Nice. Um, but I'm still settling into that. And yeah. um, yeah, that's pretty much me. And the AP2 position, like, explain that to me. What what extra, like, duties and responsibilities would you have? So our school is quite big. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got quite a big leadership team. Um, so the AP2 is the assistant principal two position. And we have about maybe eight, maybe more of them. Yeah. And our duties are quite extensive. Really? Because it's such a big school, there's so many things that we have to run. So, um part of my responsibility, my subject area is science. So kind of organizing resources. I want to make an internal site on G Suite as well um, with links to experiments or videos and all that kind of stuff. Nice. And then we're also trying to streamline um, Guelga in the area set as well at the minute. So that's another one of mine yeah um induction of new teachers so i'm separate to drihid so they can ask me kind of any questions about anything else but drihid yeah (laughs) because i'm not trained in that yet okay um then i have the transition to secondary school and with the sixth class i'll be overseeing that that's fun um i'm the head of the well-being committee in my school as well Oh, nice. um, and the school community committee it will be under my remit as well so it's a big post yeah, that's <laughs> um, massive. but I'm so excited to start and is that a new initiative like in schools now for transitioning into secondary school is that something that's in all schools or is it just specific to I yours I think it well it wasn't around when I was in school because you're kind of just handed your uniform and sent on your way yeah um, but it seems to be common enough in a lot of the Dublin schools mm-hmm. um generally we'd have a meeting with the secondary school teachers but there is kind of a formal program where people usually external people can come in yeah and they just kind of go through some of the things like maybe looking at your timetable how to read you know the the different timetables and rooms and where you might have to go yeah um so they help prepare them for that I know there are resources that you can do it yourself within the school if you don't have that kind of set up as well so um yeah it's been going in our school for a while and it seems to really kind of settle them and you know just prepare them for what's coming that's really good Sarah I really like that um you mentioned that your Instagram name and I know you're an Instagram name is happy students happy teacher and I really like it it's quite catchy um what was the reasoning behind um naming your Instagram that that username 
I'm always mortified when I'm like sharing this, the name, because it is quite a mouthful. Um, I picked it because um, the happiness and well-being of my students is the most important thing to me mm-hmm. as a teacher. And I think when your kids are happy, you're happy and vice versa. And yeah, that's kind of why I picked it. Also because every other name that I wanted was, was picked or yeah. there was a version of it there. So I, I ended up coming up with that one. Yeah, it uh, it's interesting, like, you know, I suppose defining what a happy classroom is. Um, I suppose for me as a as a student teacher and, you know, I'm only starting my teaching career now, like I often stand there and I, I wonder, are my students actually happy? Like, of course, you know, you're going to have days where students are doing something that maybe they don't want to do. But, you know, it's I suppose it's finding that sweet spot isn't it with 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 your students being happy like today I came across a student and she was actually very upset um you know I think her her cat or something something happened to her cat and you know you get you you do feel a sense of responsibility when they are upset Mm. like that and it's kind of like how am I to support that in the in the best way possible so yeah um I really like the the you know the idea behind your your username and it was something that really struck me when I clicked on your Instagram page so who was your um inspiration Sarah then to begin teaching in general like it's funny because I had a million different career paths um in mind mm-hmm. when I were in school wanted like to be in equine science for a while I wanted to be a CSI and yeah. I did a, in TY, I did a placement. Mm-hmm. Um, my aunt was a teacher nice. and I did a placement in her school and I just really loved it. I was very practically minded as well. Mm. I liked the idea of the holidays and the finishing time in terms of, I suppose, family life in the future. Yeah. I'm still waiting on all of that. <laughs> um, it's never too late. But I had a few really good teachers in secondary school and I suppose they they would be my inspirations as teachers. One teacher in particular, he was my English teacher and he was just such an inspiration. He just a lovely way of teaching, a lovely way of dealing with the students. He was mm-hmm. so kind. He was very funny. He was really encouraging and he had a lot of patience yeah. because I used to hand, hand him up two or three essays um, every time he asked for one. Yeah. Um, so he was very patient mm-hmm. with me. So I suppose he was the person kind of who when I think of what I want to be as a teacher, I draw inspiration from him. Yeah. Oh, that's really nice that, you know, there is that one teacher that, you know, and all it takes is one teacher to change, you know, your mindset or to just see, I suppose, things from a different perspective. Um, Sarah, you mentioned that you are a wellbeing officer in your school as part of your AP2 post, but also I get a sense from your Instagram page that you're very passionate about well-being in the classroom. So why, first of all, aside from the classroom, why is well-being in general important to you? Um, I suppose well-being hasn't always been that important to me. Um, I think it takes sometimes things to happen and for it to kind of come to the forefront. And it's been important to me, particularly in the last few years, just with my own experience with mental health. Um, I struggle quite a bit with anxiety um, mm-hmm. and occasionally low moods. Yeah. And I've done a lot of work on my own well-being and my own mental health. And it's become such a passion of mine to share that learning with my kids, because I think that if I had had some of the lessons and some of the programs that are out now, mm. 
I mightn't be struggling as an adult. And I think often we don't prepare kids, you know, for the ups and downs of modern life. So that's kind of why it's so important to me. Do you think then, like, not that it's swept under the carpet when you're in school, but do you think that some teachers, they do that, not because they don't want to help, but because they don't know how to handle it? Yeah, I mean, we weren't taught that anything really about anything like that when certainly when I was in college I'm not sure if it's any different now mm. but it wasn't a major focus you know it, it the uh, the system in Ireland for years has ignored mental health and and the well-being of students and across the world it's not just the Irish system in fact some systems are far worse for yeah. for students mental health mm. but yeah it's I think it's a fear of a lot of teachers that they don't know how to approach it they might not know enough themselves because it is a topic that you need to know a bit about you also need to know how to handle the things that come up like you mentioned there about the you know the cat being sick or injured like you need to know how to have those kind of more challenging conversations and and how you can help that child so I do think it needs to start in teaching colleges that Mm there's more emphasis put on teaching us how to teach well-being. Mm. Yeah, I I was uh, in a, in fourth class today and I noticed they all had well-being journals. It wasn't a, it wasn't a journal but like as in a copy. It was like a mm. a ready-made booklet for the class and the first page was like what does well-being mean to you? And the teacher had just stepped out of the classroom and uh, you know uh, well I'm sure you know that I love Butler's coffee and Butler's chocolate. I actually yeah. went after school there and I got one. But I I I said to the the girls I said, "You know what? I absolutely for me well-being is you know having that little hot chocolate or treating myself to something small and and you know having my little successes and I feel like I know Sarah you mentioned at the start of this episode like oh well I don't know how you do college and I don't know how you run this podcast and like it's just a lot to to take on but for me it's breaking my day up into okay I'm in school now I have my little reward I record my podcast, I'll have my little reward. And that might even just be, you know, just taking some time just to, I don't know, chat to my parents or chat to my boyfriend or whoever it is. I think it's having those little successes, you know, and knowing what you're, how to look after your own being is. Because I asked the girls in the class, sorry, I might be going on a bit of a tangent here. No, no, go away. I actually, go away, go ahead. (laughs) It's okay. I I actually was like to them girls, what is well-being, you know? And, they're all looking at me like I had 10 heads and then I started going on about Butler's coffee and then they're like, oh, I hate Butler's coffee. And I'm like, well, that's what I do to look after me. Mm. What do you do, do you know? Um, but I suppose, Sarah, I know it's really important to you in your classroom. So how do you implement then well-being? And for students, well, I suppose we'll, I'll get, I have other questions that I want to ask after. So first of all, how do you implement it? Um, well, I have a brand new class and they're brand new to the senior school as well. So okay. this is where I'm really starting to learn how to implement it because they are coming from maybe a background of nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I do some kind of well-being every day, even if it's only a small thing, because, you know, days get jam packed, things happen and things fall by the wayside. Um, but I started with my class today. We started with affirmations. Mm-hmm. So I have them printed off. They're on each of their tables and they're on the wall. And we say them right after our prayers. Just a little confidence building thing. Because I told them, you know, I explained to them what affirmations were and why we use them. 
So that's one way. Um, I also started yesterday straight away with meditations. Mm. I went right in with Brezzy. I absolutely love Brezzy's um, podcast for children. He has five lovely little meditations and they tie in with his book. So I'd read the books with them and I do the meditations. We practice our balloon breathing, all those kind of things. So they're really easy. And I find the meditations are great as well. Mm. When you're having those days where everyone is just losing it, Mm. the kids are wired, you're scraping them off the ceiling every two seconds, you're feeling a bit tense. I Mm -hmm. will just say, write pencils down and pop on a meditation. Mm -hmm. And that helps them. And it also gives me a couple of minutes to breathe and kind of decompress as well, because you do it does kind of filter into you and you do get a little bothered when the days are just mad. Yeah, and you're like, I'm getting um, nothing done or nothing out. Oh, yeah, you're just, yeah. everything's interrupted or someone's had a meltdown or, yeah. So some days you just need to let go of what you planned and just take that break and kind of reset. Yeah. Um, you I have a well-being library in my class as well. Yeah, yeah. So there's little books you know, be kind, the not, Brezzy's books, mm-hmm. um, when sadness comes to call, when my worries, um, my big bag of worries, those kind of books. Yeah. And that's all down in their cam corner. Mm-hmm. So I have a little diffuser and cushions, Aww. a worry monster. Um, and I also established a cam box in my classroom last year. So mm-hmm. there's fidgets, um, there's little activities like write all the people who love me in the heart, um, five things I'm grateful for there's those little foam hands you can get in Mr Price yeah yeah so they can have time with the cam box if they're having feelings that are too big for them to kind of deal with that they need like 10 minutes down in the corner yeah um and would you send them on their own to the corner yeah so I have the corner with a bit of perspex that I was using last year mm. so I can see them in the corner they go down there and I'll be teaching them all the little things that are in the box and how to use the corner over the next few weeks mm. um, before we kind of start using it properly. Yeah. So when they go down there, they'll kind of know what to do. And I've explained to them that it's not just somewhere we go when we're trying to dodge an Irish or a maths lesson um, or when we want to play with the poppets that are in the yeah. box um, because they were very excited to see them today. Yeah. Um, and that they kind of, you know, they, they use it when they really need to. Yeah. Um, so you do need to explicitly kind of teach how to use the various things in the cam corner mm. if it's going to really have an effect. Mm. Um, we have wellbeing check-ins. So I use um, Good Morning Miss Foster's um, emotional literacy materials to do that yeah and we also use the weaving well-being program um by fiona foreman so Lovely. there's a lot of well-being in my class yeah. so i just try to create an atmosphere where they feel safe and welcome and happy um yeah. and hopefully at the end of the year that's how they'll feel that's so good you mentioned brezzy's books there um where did you buy them so they can be bought anywhere. Um, I think I might have ordered mine on Eason's. Um, oh, okay. And you can get them in hardback and paperback. Yeah. And they're just amazing. And I used them with four class last year and they loved them. The third class this year, I'm sure I love them. They might be a bit too young for the fifth and sixth class, mm-hmm. but you could still use the meditations with the older classes um, yeah. and they'll still be relevant. You don't really need to have read the books. 
Lovely. Um, what what would you do, Sarah? Say if you had a class that don't like working on their well being. Like I've subbed, um, in in a class before, and I start putting on meditation music, and I have this lovely book where it has little things that you read, and they focus on their breathing. And I have mentioned it in a previous podcast. I can't remember it, the name of it off the top of my head, but I do have a picture of it on my Instagram. Mm. Um, but they're all looking at me like, is she having a laugh? Do you know, like I was like put your head down and just relax they couldn't just relax and just yeah they didn't know what to do with themselves you know so how how do you deal with that and what what advice maybe would you give yeah I've definitely had similar situations um I used a certain person's meditations before in my class having given them a background in other meditations Mm -hmm. and just the sound of this person's voice made Mm -hmm. them all erupt in laughter and anytime I tried to play it in the future, it just was a disaster. So I knew that wasn't going to fit with them. And to be fair, I wasn't overly a fan of this person's voice myself. I found it very hard to meditate to them because well-being practices are such a deep, they're a deeply personal thing. Yeah. And what works for me and meditations I like may not work for you. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm a very sensory person Um I was talking with Katrina from Nurture Minds and I I've discovered that I'm um I think it's called HSP, highly sensitive person. Mm-hmm. So sounds and sometimes textures and things like that really, really bug me and they make me quite violently angry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whereas other people will be like, What's wrong with you? Like it's only mm-hmm. the ticking of a clock or something. Yeah. So yeah. voices are really important for me when I'm meditating. So it took me a long time to find someone I could listen to and Brezzy is one of those people Mm. um so what I say to the kids is not everyone's going to love meditating and it's not going to work for you all the time or you might like this meditation or you might like this person's voice I said but we have a rule in this class that we are respectful so even if you're not going to do the meditation and follow the instructions and you know listen and picture what they're asking you to picture yeah that you put your head down on the desk and you use it as time to reflect you might think of things you're grateful for you might just want to practice on your breathing anything like that Mm. as long as you don't disrupt the other members of the class yeah um so i i make it clear that it isn't for everyone and that it's okay if it's not for you that some other technique we use, you know, later in the week or later in the year might help. Yeah. Um. So I find that that really helps that mm. you kind of say to them, like, look, this don't beat yourself up. If this isn't for you. I didn't like meditating at the start either. Yeah. Um. But I kind of grew to like it. Yeah. Um. I find as well that I'm a, such a sucker for the Weaving Wellbeing program, but I have found that using that none of the classes have turned their nose up at that Mm. so I think if you've no experience or background in well-being it's Mm. a really really good place to start with a program like weaving well-being or weaving well-being itself because it gives you confidence as a teacher because it is literally so easy to use yeah and the kids just really love the materials and they love the activities and that's called Um, I'm gonna write it down weaving well-being weaving well-being programs yeah and she's actually brought it out now for the junior schools um senior school and I think in secondary school as well so it's kind of nice that it can be brought through all the years and I find a lot of the material 
not personally because I, like I've done a lot of study on well-being myself but it can definitely you can learn yourself as an adult from it because there's a lot of stuff about neurobiology and neuroscience but obviously put in kind of child-friendly terms so it's right. it's fantastic to have a program if you're not that confident yourself mm-hmm. um just so think- yeah so the good sorry go on no just thinking back to like say when you were in primary school to now like was do you have any memories of well-being being implemented when you were in primary school or secondary school like what what were your first kind of i suppose um like did your teacher ever just take that time out do you know but i know like when i was in school we didn't have interactive whiteboards we had no technology but was there i know like you'd have time to read and stuff but that's i suppose that's a bit different to literally putting the head down on the table and closing your eyes and focusing on um something i had a very negative experience of primary school okay um yeah um particularly my junior infant teacher Mm um it can be quite traumatizing (laughs) sorry yeah my my junior in my the teacher i had from infants to to second second class definitely negatively impacted my well-being um not so much in the senior side but um so no she was not in any way mindful of anyone's well-being right we did kind of nature walks and things like that um because we did a real country school that was right beside the lake so we did things like that and we did spend time outside but it was never mentioned that it was for our well-being or you know to give us a a mental break from anything so definitely when I was in school because that would have been in um I suppose the early to late 90s Mm. um well-being just really wasn't a thing at all what about secondary school did like did you encounter any times or in any subjects where they're like right you know just stop what you're doing now and just like because for me like when I so I went to a Catholic girls school and we had an oratory in our school and sometimes um, during religion lesson we would go down to the oratory and we'd take a cushion and we'd lie down I remember one of the girls actually fell asleep but it was just so nice to just lie on the ground flat on your back like completely flat and it was a a dark room but like you'd have like the lights from the hall coming through they're Mm -hmm. kind of like stained glass windows on the back of the door kind of thing so it wasn't completely black but or completely dark even um however like it was just so nice and she'd play lovely relaxing music and she'd say like okay you know move your toes and like you were in your toe and then like up to your hands and your head and it was just taking one 40 minute class Mm. just to relax and I think, like, especially doing, like, state exams and stuff, like, you yeah. just need that. You really do. But, yeah. yeah. I That would have been my only experience as well. It was kind of done through religion. Mm. And, you know, we would have a retreat some years. Mm. Um, TY, the odd time, you might have had a class like that. Um, but it was it was done mostly through religion, where you might do a guided meditation. But it was mm. kind of like, it was very, I suppose, based in catholic religion it was close your eyes and picture jesus's warm light mm. um so it was done more as a religious thing from a religion um, yeah would have been no kind of i suppose secular approach what yeah. approach to it yeah 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 
that's really interesting um it's crazy how times have changed and you know now there is um you know there is um a, a highlighted awareness of teachers teachers are just more aware of people's me- mental you know well-being and yeah it's really important so i suppose as a sub for me like sarah what advice would you give to me um trying to implement well-being into the classroom if i'm only just there for a day yeah so this can be a tricky one because you know like we mentioned earlier a lot of things can come up during well-being lessons um and obviously if you're brand new to the class you don't know backgrounds you don't know you know the children's history or anything so it can be quite difficult um it's it's always good when doing wellbeing lessons to have that pre-existing relationship with the class. Mm. Um, so I would avoid really deep kind of meaningful chats with the kids where, you know, you're asking kind of, I suppose, dangerous questions. Yeah, um, those difficult conversations. Yeah, that can put you in a position where you're like, oh my God, how do I say this? Um, so always safe as a nice little meditation, some mindful coloring, um Mm. breath exercises anything like that just keeping it really simple I love a bit of mindful coloring and um actually Megan from with Rose and Bell she likes to do where they listen to a piece of music Mm. and they draw either how they're feeling listening to that music or the picture that comes into their head as they listen to the music Mm. um so that's a lovely bit of mindfulness as well and again it's generally quite a you know safe activity that won't land you in a situation where you kind of don't know what to do or how to react um because it is you know important to built up that relationship of trust and that the kids kind of feel safe and you know that they can open up to you and also so you're not breaking it going home thinking that you've said or done the wrong thing right yeah because the last thing you want then like as as it is in the name happy students happy teacher at the end of the day you want to have those students going home feeling happy and i suppose as a sub not that you're being dismissive but it's like you're only there for a day yeah. you're like oh my god like how do I you know deal with this um so yeah I suppose avoid asking um those dangerous I'd have an inverted commas uh questions um do you know what Sarah I can't help but just mention that on your on your Instagram page I always come away from it feeling so positive and feeling so good um you have here in your bio positive classrooms equals positive pupils so I know happiness is one thing but how 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 do you make your classroom a positive classroom? Um, getting lots of sleep myself <laughs> certainly helps. Yeah. Um, because I think you very much control is the wrong word, influence, I suppose. Yeah. Um, the atmosphere in your classroom. Mm. And the kids pick up very quickly. They're they're very astute in picking up moods and picking up kind of the temperature of the room. So mm-hmm trying your very best and it is not always easy we're human we have personal lives with things going on Mm -hmm. but trying to kind of bring your best self to the classroom so Mm -hmm. looking after yourself and taking care and employing your own self-care is huge yeah because you are the best well-being resource if you are positive in the classroom if you're trying your best you know to be that shiny sparkly person which 
is definitely not always easy yeah that really really helps yeah because um, all it takes is one person say are you okay and you just flood into tears oh exactly and it Don't has happened me. like you <laughs> yeah. know we are human and we do have stuff going on I mean yeah. you know I battle anxiety every day mm. and there are days where I don't feel like smiling and where I don't feel like being very positive. Mm. Um, and that's okay too. You do not have to go around smiling and being Miss Honey the whole time because yeah. it it's not realistic. It's not sustainable, yeah. It's not always going to, to happen. Yeah. Um, I always find as well, explaining to the kids like I'm a little bit tired today or I have a headache or, um, you know, a lot of kids understand that and mm. then they're kind of not walking on tender hooks you know wondering what they did to upset teacher right, or something yeah, yeah, you yeah. you know kids are lovely like they worry about you and they worry how they made you sad and they yeah. worry are you angry and so they worry where you of, are you're not gonna sit down and go oh my god me yeah. and my boyfriend broke up last night and I'm like a hot mess you know but <laughs> yeah. you can just say oh teacher's feeling a little tired today or you know just yeah. explaining to them and and they'll understand then and it does make the day go a little bit easier yeah. for you and for them as well um I just like to have the classroom really bright and put up lots of well-being um I think acknowledging the kids and listening to them like mm. making sure that they know that when they're telling you a little story that you're listening that you're not doing something else and mm-hmm. um, that if you don't have time you know you're in the middle of a lesson and they're telling you a story as happens yeah. 700 times a day you'd be like I'd love to hear that story but maybe we'll chat about it on the way to yard or maybe we'll chat about it you know at lunchtime or something so yeah. that you're making your best effort to make them feel seen and heard and welcome yeah that's um, lovely actually. that definitely because if you don't feel welcome if you don't feel loved if you don't feel included you can't be happy mm-hmm. so you know I did that course by um Kira from Kira's classroom about inclusion and diversity yeah. and it just I would have always thought I was very inclusive and you know loved promoting diversity in the classroom but there's so much more things that we can do to make our kids feel that way and feel respected and loved and safe in our classroom so I think starting with your classroom atmosphere and the surroundings is a really good place to start with you know making your classroom a happy place yeah that's really good I know you've mentioned a whole ton of um well-being resources that you know you you have in your classroom um but can you give us a quick just summary like for me like where where do I begin when I'm looking for well-being or resources do you know um well I'm obsessed with um twinkle so that's that's my first protocol and we're very lucky I suppose now that it is kind of like a very on-trend thing well-being that you can find well-being resources just about anywhere at the minute but twinkle mash tpt they all have loads and loads of resources i also love um good morning miss foster because she has so much stuff on the emotional literacy side because how can i tell you how i'm feeling if i don't have the words and the vocabulary to do so so i think starting in a place like that is really good Again, all the resources from the Weaving Wellbeing program are amazing, yeah. especially if you kind of want to learn along with the kids, because a lot of grown ups wouldn't know about what the state of flow is or thought traps or any of that kind of stuff. So yeah. I find that really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that might yeah, be that's something. Pretty much. Oh, and the PDST as well. Yeah, they have pages on well-being resources and they have little meditations and everything. So 
they're um they're always super so you you definitely recommend then i know you mentioned like if you want to learn along with the students so something like weaving well-being would that be really good for an nqt say that's just starting out and trying to balance like all new things that they've never thought before and was that is that something you'd highly recommend yeah i mean i think for programs like that it is obviously best if they're whole school and that it's something that everyone's implementing and um, we implemented whole school okay. um so it's always better to you know check with the principal in terms of stuff like that but right. um even if you had the books and read up on it yourself it's a good base for knowledge there are so many courses based on well-being for teachers now at the minute so yeah. if it is something that you feel is an area that you'd like to know more about definitely start looking into doing the odd course um yeah. fiona does an awful lot of courses herself yeah. Um, based around well-being and positive psychology so yeah. they'd be really good to check out if you were trying to learn as a teacher as well that's really interesting Sarah I really appreciate all the advice I'm here taking mention as okay <laughs> like I'm trying to remember everything um <laughs> thank god we have this podcast to listen back on um so I suppose I always ask my guests this um if you want to share your maybe your top three classroom tips um or class yeah. um yeah, the first one I kind of half mentioned already is making sure to take care of yourself because every poster, every fancy resource you have, every interactive game is nothing if you're not taking care of yourself. Mm. So self-care should be top of your list. And as teachers, we tend to neglect ourselves. Like we always put ourselves last. Mm. We put everyone else in front of us. It's just the nature of personalities of teachers, mm. I think, that we're just naturally people who care for other people so yeah. caring for yourself first 100 percent yeah um don't be afraid to ask for help mm. and by that i mean helping asking for help from your colleagues asking for help from an instagram teacher like the the wonderful thing about that community um on instagram is you can literally post question or message someone and generally like 95% of the time, someone will come back with an answer or refer you to where you can find, you find that answer. answer. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, everyone in your corridor in school is going to be helpful. A lot of the bigger schools, like I'm lucky that I work with seven other teachers in third class. Yeah. So if there's something I don't know, one of them will That's have a resource huge. or a book or an answer to the question. So don't be afraid to ask for help. It is a collaborative career. Like, sure, we close the door and it's us and the kids, mm. but no one is expecting you to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. It's the, the resource is there, the plan is there, the timetable is there. Like, ask yeah. for help. Yeah. And don't compare yourself to other teachers or teachers across the corridor mm -hmm. or on the internet. Yeah. Like, comparison is the thief of joy. So, yeah. It's really hard to do sometimes, you know, I have, I, even this evening I stepped into another third class teacher's room and I was like, oh my God, look at all the actual work they got done. And I was there for half an hour explaining what my cam box is, mm. you know, it's so easy to get caught in that trap of looking at what someone else mm -hmm. is doing and going, oh my God, I'm not doing that. I should be doing this. But everyone has their own style and, yeah. you know. I suppose in college they tell you it's a buffet you know so you have to yeah. you have to pick and put it on the plate and then deliver that you're never going to teach 
absolutely every everything like the same so depends on and as well your kids are different to the kids in that class yeah. and yeah I agree with not comparing yourself like especially with school placement and stuff I see that all the time and like oh I'm not doing this or I should have done that but it's like hang on a minute would that have worked first of all for your class and their interests and second of all what about the needs in the class you know the learning you know their ability what are they able for are they able for more are they able for less so yeah. oh 100% like you could have like me and that colleague both have third class but she could have a class who are just naturally strong at maths mm. my class might be you know naturally stronger at Irish you just don't know oh and I also apologize there's an alarm going off in the background I can't it hear is not it. Fine, but it possibly might be picking up on this so massive okay. apologies for that um but yeah you just can't compare to what someone else is doing yeah. because we all have stronger areas mm. I might not be as amazing at teaching maths but I know that I'm killing it with well-being and that my kids yeah. are coming out happy you know you students who yeah. are equipped to deal with life yeah, and yeah. that's what makes me happy and that is one of my main priorities yeah. another teacher might want them to know all their tables off by heart in three months and that's fine yeah but that is it's it's yeah, we're all completely different. So you can't compare. And I think if you're a teacher who's into kind of scrolling through Instagram and looking at the ideas to set up a teacher account, even if you never post in it, that mm -hmm. you can have your work life and your private life separate. Because I don't want to be yeah. on Instagram, look at my friends going out on a Saturday night and then be hit with a perfect classroom and me thinking, oh my God, like maybe I'll spend my Sunday making another display so even just to separate the two yeah. it's kind of handy to have yeah I agree you can switch off work when you want to yeah absolutely I totally I totally agree that's great advice Sarah um I'm not going to ask you what a resource that you can live without is because I had in my heart say I know that it's your well-being resources without a doubt yeah. Um, but specifically, I suppose, within your well-being resources, is there one thing that you're like, my God, I cannot live without this one thing? And it, it could be anything. It could be something that you made. could be an idea that you use or something that you... Like just one in particular or you can't use. My well-being books, I suppose, the little yeah. library that I've been buying myself and taking from classroom to classroom because it is so lovely to be able to read a book about a topic like sadness, grief, worry, and remove the child from that. So mm -hmm. you're reading about the character, little Peter or whoever. Yeah. Um, so I think my wellbeing library would be, would be the resource that I couldn't live without. Very good. I love that. I can't wait to start, you know, exploring books and stuff when I have somewhere to put them. <laughs> oh, it's um, so exciting. It's so yeah. exciting to be able to start buying your own little resources that you know you'll have for your whole career. Yeah, that's so nice. Um, what is your fondest memory, Sarah, of working as a teacher? This one was easy because I think of this so often. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have so many lovely memories of being a teacher. Yeah. But one of them happened while I was teaching in Korea. So I was teaching there for two years as yeah. an English teacher in a public school in Seoul. Oh, my God. And... Oh, it was amazing. Highly recommend it yeah. um, for anyone. But um, the Korean system is really not as kind to children with additional needs um, and definitely does nothing to look after their well-being. Mm. Um, I had this one child who 
He was deemed by the Korean teachers as not being very bright and had really bad anger issues. Mm -hmm. Um, And I taught him English. He was quite disengaged in the class. He was often quite frustrated. He had a lot of anger. Um, And the Korean teachers, as lovely as they were, really didn't go out of their way to help them. It's a very results-driven kind of system, Mm -hmm. um, very competitive. The children, the parents are competitive. So they're not going to take out the the time out to help the kids who they think, um, you know, won't achieve the standard that that they're looking for. Mm -hmm. And I started working on them literally just a few minutes in class maybe spending an extra 20 seconds with him on a, a piece of work mm-hmm. um, just while the other kids were working. I gave him lots of encouragement, compliments. Um, and at the end of my time in the school, at the end of the two years, I still had him mm-hmm. and he had just completely transformed. Mm-hmm. He was engaging more with the lessons. He was not in any way angry around me um, or in my class. He'd come into the classroom and he'd greet me happily. Hello, Sarah teacher, every day. Um, he'd be putting up his hand to be part of activities. He'd be taking part in group work. And that just always stuck with me. The difference that that one good adult can make in your life, mm-hmm. that you can just transform a child's experience of school or even that one class yeah. to make it like that little happy part of their day. Because I have no doubt that... He will have a lot of challenges in his life going forward, but it just absolutely filled my heart when I would see his smiling face coming in. And I still have a photo of him on my last day and the two of us together in his big smiley face. And it just never fails to cheer me up. Oh, that's so nice. Oh, that's a lovely memory to have. And I suppose as well, it highlights the importance of building a relationship with students. Um, Yeah. Because there's there is always reasons why they're acting out, and it's getting to know yeah. them and getting to know what suits them. So, yeah, I love that. Um, if by any chance do you have a t- a teaching moment that was absolutely hilarious that always crosses your mind, or maybe something funny that's happened in your first two days back? <laughs> I had oh okay, I do have one from my first two days back. Thank God you mentioned that. <laughs> um, so the kids all came in; they were chatting away. One little kid picked a seat right in front of me um, and said to me, you know who I'm going to be in your class? And I was like, oh, who? The Messer. Oh, God. I was like, oh, okay. Good to know. Yeah. But I was I just I couldn't believe it because especially when I was in school, like I would have done everything I could to just blend in and like not make myself stand out. I certainly wouldn't have yeah. labeled myself as the master of the class, but I thought that was hilarious. He, like he's such a little dote and he's such a charmer um, and is actually not the messer at all. So yeah. I think it's funny that he views himself that way. Oh, that's nice. Um, Sarah, is there a quote that you live by? I'm obsessed with Yates. Um, I studied him for the leave insert mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure he's, what got me over the line in my English exam in the Leaving Cert. Yeah. And it's education is not the filling of a pail, but the lighting of a fire. So that we're not just shoving information into the children's heads, that we're actually giving them that kind of curiosity, that thirst for knowledge and that kind of, that they have this, I suppose, a desire for 
to be lifelong learners. Yeah, I love that. We actually had a conversation about lifelong learning today just on at lunchtime in the staff room and you know you're never going to know everything so we are always learning and we are always learning from each other so yeah I really like that quote I actually had never come across that one before so I appreciate you yeah I saw it on a bookmark one time and I was like oh my god this is so my educational philosophy yeah because I don't know I I suppose some you see a lot of the same quotes all the time so it's nice when you see something a bit different and you're like oh I haven't seen that one before and it's it's nice um, Sarah, is there anything that you'd like to ask me before we finish off this episode? Basically, like I, you touched on it there earlier, but like how how do you kind of have that work life Instagram balance? Like, do you have a timetable written out for yourself? Do you have like a cutoff time for like replying to messages on Instagram? Like, how do you just balance that life? that you're not absolutely overwhelmed because I don't think I'd be half as smiley as you if I had the workload that you have on your plate I know you have your rewards and stuff but yeah kind of how do you organize your time that you're not constantly working 24 hours well I do work long days and that's at the minute and that's just simply because I am subbing and I'm doing a full-time master's that Mm. being said I just I really am a firm believer of planning um like I try uh, so that nothing's like slipping off the plate. I try and make my to-do list the night before. So for example, today I had that I was subbing and then I had my podcast recording. And like, I literally, I will literally write down like wash clothes, have a shower, watch this on TV. It could be like watching Love Island. But yeah. I, I think um I'm really fast at doing things as well. Like see like making resources or anything like that. I'll actually do stuff like that to have my time out. Um, I, I genuinely, it shocks me as well. I don't know how I do it because I do take full, t- full days off at the weekend where I spend it with my boyfriend and I'm nowhere near my laptop. Now there are sometimes days where I'm like, okay, well I have to get this done now because I need to have this time off later. Um, yeah, I think it's just, I don't know, like it's just... I suppose setting up, a, I, I know it's, you know, a lot of it's obvious, but like setting up a space where you feel happy working. Like I remember, well, I'd say people thought I was crazy last year having this, you know, desk where it was like, you know, I have the LED lights and I have the, my screen and stuff, but I feel happy when I sit up here. Yeah. Um, I enjoy sitting up here. So for me, it was worth investing into. Um, and I suppose like I actually touched on it in my um podcast episode with Cloda. Uh, during school placement I after the first week I stopped everything by eight nine o'clock I know you get faster at writing lesson plans but I had a a bottle of beer every single night it was just a corona light but it was just that drink just so that it was it wasn't even to have the drink it was more to sit down and with with a drink do you know what I mean and just have that kind of routine it was more like the actual physical of it than actually doing it do you you know what I mean yeah yeah um but yeah I really I don't know I just think it's using your time wisely like I just think you know we I read a quote some one time and it was like you you have the same amount of hours in the day as Beyonce and I remember thinking to myself (laughs) yeah I think I've seen that actually I was like oh my god I do yeah I was like damn right I do and I don't know I just think it's planning um I yeah I'm a firm believer of having just a paper diary a day planner I do write out my to-do list and I tick them off as I go and like if I'm 
you know lying in my bed or if I'm like on the couch I always open my notes up on my phone and I make little tick checklists and it could be as simple yeah. as bring the glasses down the stairs put a black wash on put a white wash on put yeah. you know tidy the attic like I when I before I was waiting for my laptop to update before uh, we joined this and I was like I'm so sorry Sarah I'm going to be like 10 minutes late I'm literally sitting here watching the countdown on my laptop and I was there making to-do lists for myself so it's just instead of sitting there being like oh, okay I'm looking into space now is that it's you're you know you're planning and you're using your time wisely like there's always something you can be doing whether that's chatting on the phone to your friends while you laminate and or while you watch YouTube or something like I think I'm a good multitasker yeah you have to be because honestly like I watch your stories and I've listened to the podcast and I, I just think how does she actually do it all but when you think about it like the amount of time we waste during the day mm-hmm. if we added it up is shocking mm-hmm. and I think you do need to be able to just say okay instead of scrolling through Instagram for Mm -hmm. 30 minutes after this I could read for 30 minutes Mm -hmm. I could prep my lunch for tomorrow and it's it's kind of not about working harder it's working smarter you know being more efficient and making your plans and I definitely find like you if I've actually written down um because I go in in the morning and I'm a devil for sometimes working on the fly yeah and I find that the days I've written down all the even the the minute little details of hand out this worksheet yeah give back this definitely get more done because you want to get it ticked off yeah it's annoying when you just have one or two little stranglers but then you just add them onto your next list I do think as well something that's really really important is surrounding yourself with a supportive group of people like I'm really really lucky that I have a really supportive family I have a really supportive boyfriend I have really supportive friends and they get what I do and they get my passions and they don't question it for a second and you know if I do have a problem I can call a friend and get it off my chest and then I'm I'm it's off my chest I've told someone and I'm I'm back to whatever I was doing again do you know what I mean as well though my parents are very good to me um my dad would make my lunch and my dinner so that just takes some time out of my day I'm moving into your house next week (laughs) no but like he just does that and it's his little way of saying I'm here to support you and it's quite nice actually and as well when I lived away my boyfriend he was he was very good in the sense he'd make my lunch too I am spoiled in that way but it's just for him it's just that little thing it's like this is how if this is how I can support you well then I'm happy to that now he'd never do my cutting and laminating but he he'll make um you know crackers and cheese for lunch. yeah that's the thing like you can't sit and do your lesson plans but yeah you know, they can help in another way and they do say that you become is it you become the five people you spend your most time the the most, most time around yeah yeah pick those people wisely and yeah. you know you've clearly done that like having a supportive partner is important because mm-hmm. you know if you want to spend you know an hour or two preparing for a podcast or something like that it's very difficult if you have a partner or friends who are constantly saying oh my god would you come on you know seriously can you spend some time with me can you do this yeah. or obviously it's more important to you than me you know it's very yeah. hard if you don't surround yourself with people who kind of support your work and your passions absolutely I think as well with the Hibernia course and any master's course really like 
you really like especially if you're in a relationship with someone you really need to tell them look this is this is the way it's going to be just so like and it's not that a shock like I'm sorry you can't spend your Saturday with me it's like well I you know it's it's nothing's hidden and I just think that's down to communication like look Mm -hmm. some of my Saturdays are going to be gone but you know what it's going to be fine because and like I kept saying for this summer like one bad summer and all the rest of my summer's off like all it all it is is just one tough summer and I'm through that summer now because it's now officially actually it's September 1st when we're recording it today but it was one tough summer where you know I had an online gale talked and I had my my few face-to-face days and I had a week of theology but it's done and now and I just think you know just laying it out that you know the Saturdays they're going to be taken up from half nine to half three and that's just the way it is but again if if your partner or if your parents or if your friends don't understand that well then you have to question for yeah. well, a second are they people that I want in my life Um, so you know people come and go but those that are there and support you and really are you know there for you um, they'll always they'll always stick around so that's oh, 100% and you do need those people in your life and you, you hit the nail on the head there by saying that communication is so important oh, yeah. like you know communicating that the expectations and what is going to be happening is is so important mm-hmm. and yeah it sounds <laughs> like you have it well balanced oh thanks Sarah I, I mean we're always going to struggle for the balance you know um yeah. I would also say like there's some great youtubers that I enjoy watching um I don't know if you follow Ali Abdal um he he's a doctor he studied he studied to be a doctor and that's where his Instagram kind of or not his Instagram his YouTube kind of set off from there but he's got great study tips um as well being savvy how you're how you as he as he said like work smart it was not what I said not think smarter work smarter yeah work smarter not harder not harder yeah that's the one and like for example at the time I, I at the start of the course I bought an iPad I remember thinking to myself am I crazy but it's like no that actually has saved me so much time like so much time and um yeah I think when you love what you do it's not um you you don't care how much time goes into it because it's a passion and yeah so I appreciate you asking me that question it's a big it's a big one to like we could actually do a whole podcast on that I don't you genuinely (laughs) could you genuinely could because there's there's so many tips I'm sure that you have and you know I I find that you and Winter Cole are actually so similar in (laughs) in the way you approach work and the the work-life balance the two of you seem to be always on the go but like it's Mm -hmm. such valuable information to know because there while my life isn't always like that definitely this week has just been crazy I've had a few different projects outside of work to be doing and it's helpful to know those kind of tips because at some Mm -hmm. point you know it could be parent teach meeting week it could be report week there'll be weeks where you're overloaded and knowing how to balance your time um is just so beneficial yeah as I said you only have the same amount of hours in the day as Beyonce I know and it's shocking what she gets done with the day shocking yeah listen Sarah I really appreciate you being on 
um, my podcast episode. Maybe in the future we can have maybe another conversation with, you know, how you're progressing with well-being in the classroom or even we can chat more about, you know, work-life balance or I'd love to know more about your time in Korea. Um, but we'll save that for another episode maybe in the future. Um, but Sarah, this part of the episode, um, at the end of it, I'm going to just hand over to you um, if you want to share maybe where people can find you, things that you talk about. Um, and yeah, I just want to say thanks so much for being a guest on my podcast. Thank you so much, Hayley. It was an absolute honour to be on the podcast. And again, massive congrats for starting this up. I admire your courage and your work ethic. You're an absolute star. Um, I can be found on at Happy Students, Happy Teacher on Instagram. And I share a lot of well-being ideas. um, But I also share kind of day-to-day teacher stuff there as well. Um, So thanks a million. Oh, 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 oh,